Are you currently in college or recently graduated but kind of struggling to figure out how to approach your post-grad life? If so, then I have the perfect guide for you, which I created for my college self in mind. That is the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success ebook, which features a holistic approach to all things starting out in your career during and after college, from cultivating the right mindset, building your resume, maximizing your LinkedIn profile and network, and so much more. I take you through a personal step-by-step guide on how to prepare for all areas needed when searching for a job. And these were actually many steps that I personally did between my sophomore and senior year of college, as well as the first year out of college. So I always highly recommend to start early to create opportunities for yourself. In this ebook guide, you will find cover letter tips and custom templates available for download, resume building steps with three custom templates, LinkedIn tools, and step-by-step guide on maximizing your profile, top 20 behavioral interview questions, and a lot more. Again, you can find this online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Just make sure when you click shop, just go to all products and you will find the ebook there, or just go to the show notes and it will be linked. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be diving into one of my favorite reflection questions, which is around who are you when you are at your best? I forget where I heard this question. I believe it was on Tim Ferriss's podcast with a guest. Don't quote me on this. I think it was Sam Harris, but I'm not 100% sure. And this was two years ago when I first heard this question. And I remember I paused the episode And I ended up going into my What Fulfills You journal and writing down this question and answering it myself. And so it's something that I have been doing probably once a year or at least a couple times a year. I'll think about it in my head, whether it's on a walk or whether I'm feeling like I'm a little bit off. And I kind of revisit what this visual Emily looks like and um, really just trying to help me paint a picture of who I really want to be and how far I am from that or if there are any decisions I'm making or habits I'm doing that are not really going towards that direction. So it's kind of like a way to self-audit yourself. So with that being said, I wanted to bring this up, especially for summer 2023. I did recently release an episode talking about my personal take on hot girl summer, why I don't think we need to call it hot girl summer or why we don't need to have a focus on that in in the way it's often pitched amongst like conversations with each other and the reason being is because I don't think it focuses on a long-term energy or return on like the type of person you really want to become it's a little bit again 70 80 percent of the time in the way it's said it's kind of like this mask for summer like okay summer is here I'm going to be doing this I'm going to be looking like this I'm going to be dating these people I'm going to be feeling this way and like you're trying to hype yourself up but almost sometimes to mask what you really need to be working on on a deeper level. And so this is kind of uh, a follow-up to that, which is who are you when you are at your best summer 2023 edition, but also just kind of looking forward at the, I guess, second half of the year, which is 
mind-boggling to me like if like six months from now it will be early mid-december and <laughs> holiday time and all that so definitely a little weird for me to think about but um that being said i wanted to go into some of the mini questions that you can ask yourself within this overarching umbrella of who you are when you were at your best and so for me these are some of the questions i ask myself again it can be anything that you feel is best for you but some of them for me are like what does your physique look like what are you doing day to day for work slash to make money what types of people are you spending more time with? What kind of restaurants or places are you going to? How do people describe you, like just character-wise? Where do you live? What does your home look like? So again, these are some of my questions. And of course, um, I actually pull some from the card game as well sometimes to dive a little deeper. But for me, all of these questions that I specifically just said, I would say that they do focus on some of the easier places in life to observe progress or to be like, okay, I really need to shift this area of my life. Because I think physique, for example, is a usually like top question um, as well as easy one to notate. Like I'm sure... Uh, speaking for myself, I remember there was a time during 2020 where I knew I was not looking my best. I did feel a little bit sluggish, um, bloated, and just a packing on a little bit of extra weight that I preferred not to. Not that it's anything wrong for me, but I just felt like uh, I needed to hop back into a stronger fit routine and build more muscle and be more toned and just shred a little bit. And so I remember that was kind of leading into this question and why I use it as a maybe one of the top questions I ask myself is, okay, how are you doing physically, right? Like, and if I'm feeling great, then I'm like, okay, awesome. Maybe amp it up a notch or keep at it or maybe add an extra day, whatever that looks like. Um, most of the time now, ever since like 2020, I've been pretty good at just being consistent, whether it's a mix of Pilates, yoga, super long walks, uh, skating, of course, tennis, which is um, something I'll get into a little bit later. But overall, that's kind of a, an easy one, I think, because if you aren't at a good place where you're looking and feeling your best, then that's kind of where you can start. You know what I mean? I, I think that's just kind of the, the easiest one. But then I think other parts too, right? It's like, okay, next question or next level could be, what are you doing day to day? Uh, are you enjoying it? Are you not enjoying it? And um, that's also, a, I think, an easy place to kind of figure out what you need to do to change that area. And um, when I wrote this question down two years ago, I was, I think, just about to switch into working for myself full-time or had just recently switched into working for myself full-time. So I know that was a big part of who I am when I'm at my best, which is being able to have the freedom of time to spend my day the way I want and need to. And sometimes for me in the morning, it, it, it does include like going on a longer walk when it's 10 a.m. And sometimes that's just more helpful for me because I, I can't like sit at the computer or maybe I'm having just a really rough day and I know my own self-discipline where I can make up for the focus or whatever I need to get done later that day. And so sometimes, yeah, like I'll still be going on a walk at 10 a.m. And, and that's just, uh, I know that is one thing that I think about when it comes to looking and feeling my best. 
And I think another a major one, at least for me, is around how people describe you. And when I say that, I'm talking about a stranger. If they ask one of your close friends or colleagues, how would you describe Emily? For me, I like to think about what I hope that answer would be or what the, what that answer would come naturally, right? And uh, think of it this way. When someone would ask you, how would you describe uh, your best friend, right? So think of that person that comes to mind. Um, I will think about, uh, you know, one of my close guy friends, his name is Harry, been on the show, and I would talk about how he's very selfless, very caring, thoughtful, good listener, etc. You know, I, I, want, I want there to be certain words that kind of naturally people think about when they think of me. And so if I feel like I'm misaligned and not quite there yet, I ask myself, okay, what can I do to be better, right? Maybe it's um, that I need to be more patient. Okay, what can I do to practice that muscle? Whether it's with my friends, maybe being patient if they're not responding as fast, like whatever that looks like. Um, I think that's just how you get deeper and, and dig deeper with it is like figuring out, number one, whether you feel aligned to what uh, you hope people would describe you as. And if you do, great, then keep doing what you're doing. And if you don't, then figure out what you need to switch up a little bit or what you need to implement more to get there. And by the way, this is actually something, and I spoke about this a long time ago, but I did this when I was a junior and senior in college at a time where personal growth was a huge element in my life. And I remember there were so many different traits that I wanted to be just become more of. And I remember being surrounded by specific girlfriends of mine that I met at Chapman in college. That was one of the biggest reasons why I became the way I am now, but especially when I was, you know, 21, 22, and 23. I, I definitely was a lot more open-minded. I was a lot more soft and, and sweet in like the most Emily way. I know I definitely have a bit of a dominant and assertive personality, but I saw the way I was able to be more mindful and gentle in a way that I also wanted to become, you know, and also I think definitely to looking back in my late teens and like when I was 20 years old, I don't think I was the most, um, like I guess like a high integrity person. And that was something I was really bothered by from many, many years ago. And I worked on it heavily too. And, and again, being around people that I was described as that helped me be like, okay, they're doing this, they're speaking this way, they're, they never hesitate to do the right thing, all those things, uh, that was important for me to observe and then also do the same thing. Okay, so before I dive into what I'm doing to adjust for the summer and my personal thoughts on moving forward, at least again, I, I always like to share from personal experience and what I'm doing and I think I get a lot of feedback from you guys that you do, or I guess it is helpful for you to reflect in that format when I'm sharing from personal experience. And so I have to preface that this question came about to me as I was recently reflecting on the past, you know, nine months of my life and in which I didn't feel like I was at my best and probably was primarily weighed down by some people that simply didn't have true alignment with me in the long run. Now, what's interesting about that is I feel like other areas of my life, I was getting closer to my best. And so it, it definitely was like a fluctuation, but I think from an overall holistic standpoint, because the other elements 
were weighing me down in which again I, I probably have spoke about um, you know certain ups and downs I've had uh, again depending on when I recorded it or published it but um, definitely in the past year I'll put it that like you know from from uh, summer 2022 to summer 2023 uh, there were probably certain moments um, during the past year I'd say where I'm like yeah that just wasn't my best or at least in comparison to the prior year where it was summer 2021 and I was moving to New York at the end of summer. I, I just had a different energy. I had a different lightness. I remember talking to one of my old roommates who's a close friend of mine now, and I talked to her frequently. And I remember she pointed out different times when we were together in person where she was saying like, wow, like you're so different, like you look so happy. Or like she definitely spoke about just the way she felt about my energy and just like my lightness. And I recently spoke about that to her as well because she said it two times to me. I think once was when we reconnected in Los Angeles and the second time was when she came to visit me for my birthday, uh, February 2022. And she made a comment saying like, you, you, you look really great, like you look really happy, like New York suits you really well. And I just remember, you know, probably from like July 2021 to... August 2022 was like a really really good period of my life energy wise and that's ironically as well I wasn't doing as great in the other sectors uh, usually business wise that I was doing better in over the past nine months yet I, I'm still saying I, I don't feel my best does that make sense so yeah like I said I feel like I was weighed down by just certain people and I guess we can just say certain things that didn't have true alignment with me and I can think of like one person in particular um you know not not in a bad or good way I'm just just kind of sharing honest thoughts here in that I felt on multiple occasions how I felt low energy with this person and I remember I actually had a friend when I was telling him about this he was kind of making a comment like you you sound really bothered by this person and I'm like I guess so which is it was weird to me because I'm not used to it I'm not used to feeling this mismatch, I think, in alignment or energy. Um, and I guess it was puzzling to me too that I was still engaging with someone that I felt low energy around. I also was clearly bothered by their mentality and their stubbornness in like lacking openness and curiosity. So yeah, I just think it was something I felt internally. And I will make a comment too that people and things, whatever those things are, whether it's work or just a specific thing that you are doing, if it aligns with you, it will bring you good energy. And I can say that, uh, you know, such a night and day difference when I'm around one of my good friends, Caroline, like every time I'm with her, and she's been on the podcast too. Sorry, I always like I, I will always name people that usually have been on the show. She was on a Raw Talk episode that I think released uh, sometime in, um, I don't know, February or March, I forget. She, her and I, we always have really great energy. Uh, anytime we're getting a drink or talking on the phone, like she just feeds me really good energy and she's such a great friend to have. And I met her through a mutual friend who is her best friend. And it's just amazing to me to see and reflect the differences, right? Like I can feel such a different energy with certain people that have alignment. And I will touch on a little bit like what alignment looks like in my eyes. And that goes from an energy level, from a mindset level, from a lifestyle level, all of that. 
And I think basically speaking with with like on this example I'm giving on on like a someone and maybe groups of people that weren't in alignment with me, I think I was trying a bit too much or we can say in a nicer way that I was testing it out rather. I guess my open-mindedness on, you know, okay, maybe they don't um, think this way or they don't uh, do these certain things or they haven't experienced those things yet, but that that shouldn't be such a hurdle, I think was my mentality for a long time. And um, maybe I was just quite frankly putting that to the test and I guess I was proven wrong, um, or at least in this scenario, proven wrong where... I have returned to my realization that I had probably over two years ago now, which is around my personal beliefs on the common traits and common things that certain people do that will have the strongest or one of some of the stronger alignment with me. I, I very much think in the past nine months I was very like testing against that and um, I think I'm going back to it is basically what I'm saying. If tomorrow was your last day, would you feel as though you have maximized your potential? How would you describe your perfect day with no limitations? How can you work towards achieving something as close to this, if not exactly that? And what is your dream life? Where is it? Who's there with you? And what does your Saturday look like versus a Monday? These are some of my favorite questions from the What Fulfills You card game. And I created this card game with the intention to help you on your journey of personal growth as actually all of these questions in this card game are questions that helped me in my own personal growth journey in my 20s. But even more than that, these questions help cultivate more purposeful and meaningful conversations, whether it's with your colleagues, your close friends, or date night. I love to play this on a night in with a few glasses of wine, or now that it is spring and summer season, I think it's just so fun to bring this with you when you're hanging out at the park, especially for my fellow New Yorkers who like to hang out in Central Park, have a cheese board, and just have some deep conversations. You can shop the card game online at whatfulfillsyou.com and since you are a listener of the show, you can get 10% off your purchase with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy. All right, so moving forward, I wanna touch on how I am adjusting for the summer and removing myself energetically from how I felt the past nine months or some of the misalignments and uh, what I'm looking at moving forward to minimize that experience again where I am in a, a group or energy or whatever that looks like where it's not aligned and I'm sticking around for too long. My focus for the summer, as I said earlier, instead of focusing on hot girl summer, I am selecting two to three areas of my life or just specific items in my life to focus on. And so sharing from personal example, my number one focus is returning to one of my former competitive sports. As some of you know, I was a former competitive tennis player and figure skater. And I used to do that, you know, night and day. Like I used to skate in the morning from like 6 to 7.30 before school. I used to train for tennis like after school. I used to do clinics. I used to play weekend tournaments and I certainly miss that energy and so this is actually why I wrote that down because to dig a little deeper when I feel at my best energy self 
I was in the era of competing in a sport. And FYI, I actually did the same exercise or same bringing back this energy after my breakup with my um, my four-year boyfriend. But uh, this was like the, the two-year-in mark where we broke up pretty much close to two years. And then we were eight months not together before we got back together. I remember during that time, I was in such a mentally dark and difficult place that I focused bringing back this competitive athlete experience and mindset and funny enough my ex-boyfriend I remember he did kind of allude to that too I remember he nudged me to return to skating or to focus on something like, like that again because I was you know 19 or 20 years old and probably too focused on our relationship at the time i didn't have a balanced approach and so yeah for me it was a healthy wake-up call and i remember i really enjoyed bringing back that energy because i felt more like emily again i remember thinking okay i'm not going to lose who emily elizabeth is again and because i felt that way when we did break up so in regards to returning to tennis, um, how I'm doing so and what my focus is, is in that area, I'm adding it to my weekly routine. So I am practicing three to four times a week. I am playing in USTA leagues, which is just like competitive leagues here in New York, which is also a nice way to meet new people and socialize. And also in that case, right, I have something in common with these people, which is we're either all former competitive tennis players or just love the sport of tennis. And also this could help like in the future for US Open, having friends or people to go to the US Open with, which would be super nice. And then also um, another big part is engaging in tournaments and actually playing in, um, you know, mixed doubles tournaments, uh, singles tournaments, things like that, just to bring that energy back again. I, j I know that I really love going to practice now and just having something like that to do in the early morning. And a bonus cherry on top, too, is that my best friend, Harry, he played Division One in college and he's just played all of his life. He was a nationally ranked tennis player. And so we actually decided, all right, we're going to we're going to play in a mixed doubles tournament together and, um, you know, push each other. And he's obviously much better than me. So <laughs> I know that we're definitely, um, you know, excited to do that together as best friends and just having something to look forward to for the summer. My second focus, uh, I mentioned this before, I think a while ago on another podcast episode, but music, I am prioritizing time to progress my mixing skills as I do want to be in the producing and DJ world. Just out of my own love for house music, I certainly have touched on this uh, in past episodes or just throughout my Instagram, if you follow me there, I have always been an avid lover of Deep House and artists like Kygo, Sunny Federa, MK. I definitely love a lot of like UK house or house music you hear in nightclubs, predominantly in like Europe and in kind of that scene. And then on top of that though, to make it more of a specific goal, I wrote down a specific date or time frame that I would like to kind of debut as a DJ. And so uh, I think that's important too if you're taking that approach, if you're like, okay, what's a parallel to Emily's music pursuit, right? You can kind of figure out what that is for you and then also make a clear deadline and goal that you get to accomplish something specifically out of that for, right? Because if you leave it too open-ended and you just say you're gonna do something without like some sort of risk 
attached to it, it's very easy to not end up doing it. And so this is actually, I did the same thing when it came to quitting my corporate job a little over two years ago. I wrote down a date in my calendar. It was final. I knew that I was going to have to do it that day. And to add pressure to myself, I told some of my friends, hey, I'm going to leave my job on this day. And all my friends, this in particular, I told my entrepreneur friends, they held me to it. They held me accountable. And that's very helpful. So um, if you want to add some extra pressure for yourself, get a good friend who you know will keep you disciplined and um, have them hold you accountable to have whatever that is completed or getting, you know, official with by a certain date. All right. So when it comes to just moving forward in general and how it ties back to who I am when I am at my best. As I said earlier, in reflecting on my personal past nine months, for me, I think it was predicated on some of the people I was involved with. And while I love those people dearly and I genuinely do see some things in alignment, I think overall they didn't have the most longevity in having like the full alignment with me and it sucks because I think I felt that primarily towards like the final nine months or maybe in like the final three months or so I think that just became more clear to me but I didn't necessarily realize that in the earlier days and then it makes me wonder when I think about other friends of mine that I've had for years now why is it that we get along so well or that we have such alignment and we bring such good energy to each other and feel good when we catch up and are able to naturally just catch up when we need to and and keep in touch. And there's so many reasons for that, but I will say uh, just to kind of share my thoughts on like for me, what has been aligned for me in terms of people, I think the number one type are, you know, fellow visionaries and entrepreneurs and so not necessarily like business people or like tech entrepreneurs or anything like that but people who have a desire to build something beyond themselves and more so that has some sort of positive impact for the world i realize i i just think from a values system and perspective on life those two combined i think come very natural with these types of people when I'm interacting with them. And so it really reduces a lot of friction compared to being with people that don't share that. And it's interesting too, I actually brought up that question to one of the people that I mentioned earlier that I don't have as much alignment with. I asked them their thoughts on what the next few years will look like and what they envision in building their life and this person responded a little actually bothered by the topic in question because they felt like it was too early for them to think about building a life and primarily because they were parlaying or equating the statement of building a life to having a family kids and being a father or mother and all these different things and I'm like okay that's actually not what I mean at all about building a life because I think while again if you have a family value or you want to be a mom dad sister brother like whatever like if you if you want that in your life that's great but I think there's also beyond that too right like 
what are you working for? We trade time for money, but like, what are you, what's your goal with that, right? Like, do you want to just make money right now? Do you want to gain experience or do you want to gain experience to eventually go off and do something on your own? Do you want to gain experience so you can eventually climb the corporate ladder or like move to a smaller company and take over a CEO? Like, you know, like I think it's just important to have in a general vague vision of some of those potentials. It doesn't have to even be exact. It doesn't have to be like, this is what I'm going to do. But to have some sort of just idea, right? I think like, what what's your intention over the next one to two years? And that's the same thing I did when it came to moving from LA to New York. I knew one year ahead that I was going to move to New York and that was the end game. Now, I don't think that's very common for most people to have that in mind and being like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm just saying like, even if I didn't know it was New York, let's just say I knew it was going to be Northeast, at least I could be like, all right, this is going to be my final year in LA or most likely some of the final months in LA. And after this, I'm going to head back to the Northeast, whether that's Boston, New York or Philly, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like it could have been that vague too. But that's what I'm saying is um, that became kind of bothersome to me in that I couldn't have an open dialogue conversation with someone just even about like building a vision in life because they were not able to kind of recognize the question from a bigger purpose standpoint. And even when I did try to explain it, because some of you guys might be like, well, did you try to explain it? I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes, I did. and it was, it was hard to share that with someone else. And so um, anyways, all that to say is being hyper aware of maybe what type of person or people that are best for you when it comes to alignment. And uh, for me, it's, it's always been around people who just have an, a general vision for themselves. I would also say uh, people that have an interest in a certain lifestyle is also pretty important. And again, I think uh, thinking back to um, some of those months that I felt misaligned with certain people, one of the big differences as well was difference in lifestyle. And it's not just about like what you can and can't afford and like all that crap, which I feel like is a natural instinct when you talk about lifestyle, but that is part of it, of course, right? But I will say like, you know, just like, a taste in in what it is like for me I'm a very adventurous person I love to do kind of fun and and weird things like here in New York there's this place called Coney Island and it's basically park type of place like there's some roller coasters and rides there but there's also like the beach there it's just very different than you know maybe swanky upscale Manhattan and I love that because I love to just take an adventure out there and I love if I have a friend that's like down to do that but then also at the same time is interested in you know maybe some of the bougie upscale things so for me personally I love going to like a nice jazz and piano bar here in New York City I feel like when I'm in those environments I feel naturally myself I feel like I get to dress the way I like to and the best part is you know if you you know meet girls or guys there that um, are in alignment with you like they're most likely going to be there Uh, you know at least it it tells like okay they have that taste or most likely have that interest in that kind of place maybe compared to I don't know just like a basic dive bar which again nothing is wrong with that right but more often than not you'll find your type of people in the places you would prefer to be at and then the last thing uh, in terms of people in alignment um, this is important to me is 
people who have an open, growth-minded, and curious mindset. For me, when I'm surrounded by these people, they help me think outside of myself and they are willing to have a dialogue and seek to understand and love instead of debate and always use logic or instead of always being right. And I noticed this difference, especially after my four-year relationship, because this guy that I was dating, he... Um, his Myers-Briggs uh, was an INTJ and just like super, super analytical, logical dude. He always would reference how it quote unquote did not logically make sense because he was so accustomed to seeing answers like on, in math, like X equals whatever, right? Or like one plus one equals two. Like to him, his brain was 80% skewed that way. So even when it came to human interaction, he had to see it from a lens of almost like an equation, you know? And if he couldn't like have a definitive equation and answer, it just wouldn't make sense to him. And ironically, I ran into two people that I ended up spending some time with uh, over the past nine months that consistently used logic in conversation and they would actually use the word logic too they'd be like okay let's logically break this down and i'm like this has nothing to do with logic though right of course i'm a logical person too but you have to be able to recognize that when you're having a conversation with another human being and it's on a topic that you can't prove logically you have to ask questions and you have to be open to maybe being wrong or maybe to learning something new or to allowing your brain to gather new information, you know? So I will say I definitely notice a big energy difference when I'm around fellow curious-minded and growth-minded people. And I highly recommend this book. It's called, I think it's just called Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. Uh, if you guys haven't read it yet, it's, it's really good. I love it. I read this when I was 20, when I was struggling, when I needed to go from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And in that process, it has also enabled me to be more forgiving, more loving, more realizing that humans do have the possibility of changing. Um, but that being said, I think that was, I, I needed that for myself because I wanted to be, like genuinely believe from a, a neurological standpoint that I can change, I can be better. And because I was able to see that result in myself, that also helped me, um, in addition to just already knowing that it's possible, helped me realize that other people are capable of that too. But that, uh, when it comes to believing whether someone else can change or whether like you can change, I think that just has to be internal. But just the fact that it's been proven over and over again in data and research uh, was very enlightening in a way. And I think people with that growth mindset are also... I think that contributes to their openness in having the conversation in the first place. And I think all in all, moving forward, to kind of round this whole episode out, I would say that my priority is uh, still uh, meaningful relationships and prioritizing those meaningful relationships. And speaking as a 26-year-old, I think 20s is where a time where many of us will have different ups and downs with friends and romantic partners and different friendships and relationships. I think it's just like where the learning curve really happens. And in reflection of my own experience, in which I, I will admit, I do think I feel like I've had a lot of 
variety in my relationship experience that includes with like friendship fallouts uh friends that have you know maybe disappeared from my life for like one to three years and we came back like normal you know two different breakups so i feel like I've, i've had such a variety and i think for from my perspective it's important to not let the downfalls keep us from trying at it. I think love is a great example. I hear this a lot, especially amongst some of my guy friends, but also maybe sometimes girlfriends too. But, um, you know, I think especially with men, I hear a lot about how if something, you know, maybe they got hurt or they feel like they keep getting the same pattern of, uh, of women or like types of things that these women are doing, I have to encourage all these people, you know, don't close it off because of these past experiences or because you're afraid of getting hurt. One of the biggest realizations you have to have is that getting hurt is inevitable in this game of life, right? (laughs) Whether that's in relationships or whether that's just in a different part of your life, that's already the risk, that's already the potential. And to not accept it and be aware of it is very naive, in my opinion. And so, of course... You have to overcome fear and trauma, but I think you also have to acknowledge it to yourself that you are afraid of it because of something that happened, right? And for me, how I overcame a lot of different fears and obstacles and how I became more self-confident was actually just saying the thing that I was afraid of out loud and acknowledging to myself, you're too fucking scared of, of like letting go of control, for example. Um, and I remember my friend Elia, he always told me, you can't fall in love again until you're ready to let go, something to that degree. And I remember this was like summer 2021 because I just was, you know, talking to this guy and I was just trying to predict where it was going. And I think, you know, I re- having a recent experience where I was uh, very deeply in love with the person, it was a interesting experience i guess to say the least um of course had it up had its ups and downs but despite kind of the hardship and like maybe some hurt that like everyone will experience in in those ups and downs to me that's just the best part of our human experience you know so i think if you close off after each downfall you're just not going to allow yourself to really live because you got to remember these things are inevitable, you know, and you get to choose how you react and how you respond to it. You get to choose how you utilize it in your life. And I think if there's any lesson we can learn from history and our elders is that we can try our hardest to, you know, not get hurt and to maybe be so hyper-independent and not rely on a man or not rely on a woman or not rely on anyone. And I think it is important to have the skill to be independent. But as humans, as social creatures, that's just how we are. Like we, we do need to interact with each other. We do need to build and or rebuild trust. We do need to have communities and have these discussions and and whatnot so all that to say is you know don't assume new friends are are like similar to old ones that didn't do well in your life and same thing with new partners right um because i think that as well is kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy if you always believe that the next person or the next experience will always just repeat itself you're going to subconsciously manifest that because that's all you're focused on And when it comes to relationships, just keep in mind that sometimes it's just a matter of time where 
you reunite a friendship or you give a go at a relationship again. And something that I recently talked about with a friend is how interesting it is the mentality of the current generation is a little bit black and white where we're a little bit harsh on being completely done or cutting someone off from our life. And while I actually used to be kind of like this where I'm like, nope, like no second chances, I'm cutting you off. I think there is a true beauty and lightness. Like this is something I feel inside internally when I learn to forgive and allow for someone to have a second chance or for allowing like a starting over type of scenario. And again, it it would have to be like earned and deserved, right? Like I talk about how there are some guys that ghosted me in the past and I might have had the mentality before like you ghosted me, you never get a second chance, you're done, like donezo. But now as I'm a little wiser, I think, hey, look, if they come into my life again, and they do their due diligence in taking accountability, you know, being excessive in reaching out to me, indicating that they really want to, you know, give it a try again, or at least talk to me, whatever that looks like. I want to be also willing and open-minded to allow that door to potentially open again, because I think it's when we are holding on to pain and our pride and ego, we are not allowing some something potential to really to happen again and that's not to say you can't have a little bit of a guard up i think that is important and that's just smart of us as humans but at the same time don't hold it up so strongly that you just you don't allow yourself to live life again you know and funny enough in this conversation with my friend we talked about how um his very first girlfriend experience you know they dated for maybe like six seven months or something and in that breakup, I, I don't recall how their break... I, to me, I don't think it was anything bad or good, but I think he just didn't handle it as maturely as he would do today because I was like, I think, I don't know, like two years ago now. But I remember like a year and a half after they broke up, he called me and he told me how he felt a desire to reach out to this girl to apologize for how it ended. And we still actually recently talked about it because... I think we as friends are really good at encouraging one another to not close the door so harshly on other people because of what we have realized in our past, which is that we can have regrets if we close doors so harshly, especially when it's in a moment or with a certain emotion. For me, as I've matured, I realize that we are humans, we make mistakes, and seeing that my friend kind of regrets just a little bit on how he handled it, and he he like he's such a great character too, so I think this is also why it comes up for him, but you know, it, it lingers in his mind, like sometimes he wishes that he would reach out to her, and maybe he will one day, right? But I think for me, I, I it reminds me like, okay, be extra mindful of how you conclude something or how you leave something where it doesn't have to be like black and white the end all be all you know it could be like a see you later and sometimes that see you later lasts for 20 years right but i would hate for uh any of you guys who are listening because i've been there before where whether it's with a friend or with a an employer right um it's just so many different scenarios where sometimes we are a little bit too in our pride and ego and we like stubbornly walk away or we stubbornly shut the door and think like we're never going to return to them or we're never going to need them again but be careful how you you know burn bridges so to speak 
And the thing with meaningful relationships, and this is something, you know, my biggest core lesson I realized at the age of 20, is that no matter how much money I'm making or how successful I am or how pretty I look, whatever, (laughs) nothing is worth more than meaningful connections. And it is the combination of meaningful and deep relationships with others and making progress in something for ourselves in our life that contributes to our overall happiness. So of course, you can exist and live with one and without the other, but the truth is because we are multifaceted humans and dynamic people, we eventually need a little bit of everything. And I think that's just the, the most beautiful thing in life. And again, you know, if you have the opportunity to ask strangers or speak to people that are much older than you I always encourage it because these are some of the lessons I've learned from speaking with people who are in their 60s 70s and 80s just that they often kind of regret not continuing that connection or at least keeping it afloat or maybe closing some doors too soon things like that and so I keep into account what they regret and I really try to be mindful in my own decisions too and of course share it with you guys on the podcast. All right, you guys. So that was all for today's uh, somewhat lengthy solo episode, but I really hope you listened to this during a time that was useful and was reflective for you. This is the type of episode I feel like I would love to listen to if I was like on a walk and just kind of contemplating life or felt like I needed a little bit of a thoughtful push to think outside of the box as well. So as always, it means the world when you share this on your Instagram story, when you share this with a friend, whether it's via Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to me and for you guys to also share this with people that you feel like could also use this message. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day, rest of the week, and I will chat with you all in the next episode.